0: Our top story. A delegation from the French National Assembly arrived on Monday for a four-day visit. The delegation is led by Eric Botterell, the head of the France-Taiwan Parliamentary Friendship Group. This is the third French parliamentary delegation to visit Taiwan this year, and a fourth one is scheduled to visit later this month.
1: Speaking to media after his arrival, Botterell said the visit underscored France's support for Taiwan. Let's hear from him some up the relationship between France and Taiwan only uh, about uh, business this is more stronger than this I think this is very important for us to be here and just saying to all the people for Taiwan we stand to you uh, we are close to you and uh, you will be uh, a friend uh, we are very attached for the statu quo uh, the blockus is not an option parting to us nothing changed what we want to say to uh, Taiwan is if something happens to Taiwan, it will change the world. That's the reason why we have, for instance, a military ship from France on the China Sea last week. During their Taiwan stay, the members of the delegation will meet Vice President Lai Chingda and Legislative Speaker Yoshi Kun. Both has expressed support for Taiwan on many occasions. Earlier this month, amid rising cross-strait tensions, he said on social media that he would continue showing his friendship to the people of Taiwan. He added that the two countries had much in common and that China's show of strength would not change that. Turning now to the G7 foreign ministers' meeting in Japan, Taiwan took center stage at Sunday's working dinner, the first event of the G7 summit.
0: All the ministers agreed on the need for peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait. The EU's top foreign affairs representative said that China's actions on issues like Taiwan would shape the future of Europe-China relations.
2: <laughs> the G7 foreign ministers summit kicked off with a working dinner in Karuizawa, Japan. Following China's large-scale military drills, the Taiwan Strait was high on the agenda. G7の結束が。
3: unity among the G7 is extremely important. All parties at the meeting agreed on their opposition to any attempts to unilaterally change the status quo by force and reiterated the importance of maintaining peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait.
2: The ministers exchanged views on the Indo-Pacific situation. Japanese Foreign Minister Hayashi Yoshimasa expressed concern about China's military expansion in the East China Sea and South China Sea. He urged Beijing to be a responsible member of the international community. The international community is uh, now at the history's starting point. So uh, we will firmly reject any military attempt to change the status quo by force. French President Emmanuel Macron recently came under fire for saying that Europe should not get involved in cross-strait issues. In an interview with Japanese media, the French foreign minister moved to quell the controversy.
3: What the president meant was that France's stance remains unchanged. We oppose any unilateral changes to the status quo.
2: The EU's High Representative for Foreign Affairs and Security Policy, Joseph Borrell, joined the meeting via teleconference as he recently tested positive for COVID. He said that the relationship between China and Europe would be determined by Beijing's behavior, including what happens with Taiwan. He said anything that happened in the Taiwan Strait would have many implications for Europe. A few days ago on social media, he said that the EU's position on Taiwan was consistent and clear, and that any attempt to change the status quo by force was unacceptable. The foreign minister's summit is set to end on Tuesday with the issuing of a much-anticipated joint statement.
0: At last, after 1,111 days, Taiwan has ditched its mask mandate on public transportation.
1: This morning, several commuters were seen embracing their newfound freedom, breathing in fresh air with bare faces. But at least 90% of passengers chose to keep their masks on, saying that at this point, they were used to it.
3: Stepping off the metro at Taipei Main Station, commuters gear up for a new day. The CCC has lifted its mask mandate on public transportation. Here in the crowd, you can't miss the mask-free passengers relishing the feel of liberation.
2: I like breathing fresh air, I'm in a great mood. <laughs> I'm very comfortable. I feel like the pandemic has gone on for a long time, so I don't have that sense of emergency anymore.
3: Taiwan's mask mandate on public transport lasted 1,111 days. With the easing of the pandemic, the mandate was loosened to require masks only on ambulances. But even so, at least 90% of today's passengers were still wearing their
2: masks. For one thing, I'm afraid of getting infected. For another, I'm used to wearing a mask. Once the government declares masks unnecessary everywhere, I'll consider trying to go without.
3: Besides on ambulances, the mask mandate still applies to medical or care facilities. In addition, masks are advised for people with COVID symptoms and poor immunity, as well as older adults.
2: Masks are currently required at public transport stations, but in this round of adjustments, we have made masks voluntary. However, we still want to remind people that at some transit stations, especially during the holidays, there may be large crowds and it may be hard to social distance. In these situations, we recommend wearing a mask.
3: Some physicians say Taiwan should do more to ease mask restrictions.
2: In the future, we might not need masks even in hospitals and in ambulances. Taiwan has already achieved herd immunity. Most people have either been infected or have already gotten three, four, five, six, seven doses of the vaccine.
3: But other doctors argue that closer tracking of severe COVID cases is needed for assessing the pandemic's trajectory and guiding future mask policies.
1: Post office pickup is now available for the government's 6,000 NT handout. You can collect the cash in person by presenting your health insurance card. If you're collecting for someone else, bring their NHI card and your photo ID. As of
0: 10 in the morning on Monday, 130,000 people had completed the process at one of Taiwan's 1,298 post offices. This first week, post offices will implement odd-even rationing to space out collection. If your ID number ends in an odd number, head out to the post office on Monday, Wednesday or Friday. If it ends in an even number, go on Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday. But heads up, only 280 post offices locations are open on Saturdays. In this period of severe inflation, consumers are looking for ways to save. And secondhand stores are reaping the rewards. Whether you want cameras, jewelry, or bags, there's this thriving secondhand market if you're on a budget.
1: And there's plenty also to interest stores that sell discounted food products near the expiration date. Stores say that demand is higher now than it was last year. We caught up with some candy shoppers to find out how they choose a bargain
3: press the shutter and the flash goes off but look closely it's not a phone it's a point and shoot compact camera
2: it's a childhood memory phones now capture too much detail it has value from the passage of time i will buy it if it has a pleasing price
3: customers browse the store. They check the camera's functions and how it feels to use, but most important is the price. These cameras cost just 10 to 20 percent of what they did 20 or 30 years ago. If you search long enough, you might find a Leica model which is out of production. That idea draws many photography buffs to Taipei's flea markets.
2: It is secondhand after all, so of course it's much cheaper than the cameras were back in the day. But some models have become collector's grade now, so they're several times more expensive than they were originally.
3: This store boasts European necklaces, earrings, and fashionable handbags from the 1950s. With inflation soaring high, famous brands are raising prices by 20 or 30 percent. So people who want to enjoy a little luxury are searching for hidden gems in these second-hand stores.
2: If the prices of brands keep going up and up, then actually the prices in second-hand markets start to look pretty sweet, because it might be 20 or 30 percent off.
3: And bargain hunters can even slash their food budget at these near-expiry stores selling everyday items.
2: My children all like the stuff here, so I come here to get it. Compared to this period last year, footfall is up by 20 to 30 percent.
3: The shelves here are covered in eye-catching discount signs. Almost everything here has 10 or 15 percent off on average. For items with a very short expiry date, it could be 70 or 80 percent off. These consumers are shopping around to find the best ways to beat inflation.
1: The Veterans Affairs Council has received its biggest donation in nearly two centuries. 87-year-old Zhu Luan from Taoyuan donated $6 million NT in honor of her late husband and son. Zhu's husband
0: had been a retired service member. Following her husband's death, Chu wanted to donate his savings to the Veterans Affairs Council to thank the government for looking after him. She discussed the idea with her son, but tragically lost her son as well last year. Before proceeding with her donation, Chu sought the blessing of her son and husband through a divination ritual using moon blocks. After receiving three positive signs, she went ahead with a generous gift. Chu hopes her donation will support more military families, especially those who lost loved ones in service. She encourages others to follow suit to promote greater attention and care for service members and their families. We return with China's trade barrier investigation on Taiwan, a sweeping probe targeting 2,455 products.
1: On Monday, Economics Minister Wang Meihua said that for the first time ever, China notified Taiwan of the investigation via the WTO. As for how Taiwan will respond, the minister said the government has launched interministerial discussions to form a response. The Executive UN's Office of Trade Negotiations will take the lead in communicating with China, while the Economics Ministry will analyze the industrial impact of the probe, including the number of affected businesses. Notably, the investigation could last until January 12, 2024, one day before Taiwan's presidential elections. President Premier Chen Jianren spoke publicly about the probe last Sunday, urging China not to politicize trade matters. Taiwan has launched a trial program that reduces air-conditioned use at chain restaurants and hotels. Starting Monday, the A.C. must be set at no lower than 23 degrees during mealtimes.
0: The trial will affect more than 1,300 businesses around Taiwan, with a full rollout slated for 2025. Some businesses fear the new rule could drive diners away, but other businesses say the policy is in line with their current temperature controls.
2: The cook braves high temperatures as he prepares a meal on the griddle. The economics ministry has launched the trial program to cut down on electricity consumption. Starting Monday, restaurants and hotels are banned from setting their air conditioning below 23 degrees at meal times. The policy will officially take effect in
3: 2025.. Most of the time, we set it to 23 or 24 degrees, but if it gets very hot, we might lower it to about 20 degrees. If it's not comfortable inside, customers won't want to come. When they are cooking things, of course it gets hotter, and if there are a lot of people, it gets quite stuffy.
2: Summers are only getting warmer, and diners say they'd rather not sweat over their lunch temperature control is crucial at hot pot restaurants, where rising steam and big crowds can result in a stuffy environment. But one restaurant group says it's already regulating AC use to save energy.
3: All the restaurants across all the brands in our group keep their indoor temperatures between 23 and 24 degrees. The policy won't have much of an impact on us. We already have temperature control measures in place. Besides, we offer all-you-can-eat frozen treats, so I think diners won't be affected
2: much. Since 2014, 20 types of businesses have been banned from setting air conditioning systems to temperatures below 26 degrees, with the exception of mealtimes. Now, the Economics Ministry has launched a trial to regulate mealtime temperatures, starting with chain restaurants and hotels. The ministry hopes more businesses will join the initiative voluntarily to cut carbon emissions and save on electricity bills.
0: Last month in France, Taiwan made waves at the 10th International Ava Olympics, a vocational skills contest for people with disabilities. Twenty-eight talented contestants took home eight golds, nine silvers, and three bronzes for a total of 20 medals. Taiwan ranked third among all participating
1: countries. At a ceremony on Monday, Vice President Lai ching thanked the contestants for shining a spotlight on Taiwan's vocational skills.
3: On the international stage, you demonstrated your perseverance and courage, and that was how you earned this honor. This year, our national team won more medals than teams in the past. I believe that these competitors, by applying their focus and their self-confidence, will be able to continue developing their professional skills. Even though we have disabilities and may appear imperfect, our hearts are so resilient and strong. We hope that corporate bosses can give us more job opportunities so that we can prove that our abilities are on par with others.
1: Shen Fanghui is a gold medalist in the category of Western-style cuisine. She's missing four fingers on her left hand, which affects her dexterity in the kitchen. Shen overcame the odds through relentless practice over five years. Another gold medalist is Huang Jingfu, who has hearing loss. Huang impressed the judges with his passion and his unique vision in studio photography. As Taiwan society ages, medical support for hearing difficulties is a growing industry. Almost 40% of folks over the age of 65 have some hearing issues, which in Taiwan means well over 1 million people.
0: The manufacturers of Taiwan's hearing aids are also actively expanding into international markets. We spoke to doctors, hearing aid fitting specialists and manufacturers to find out how the supply chain is getting optimized.
3: Taiwan is an aging society. Four in ten adults over the age of 65 have hearing problems, often caused by degenerative conditions or diseases. That's about 1.2 million people in Taiwan.
2: As the population of older people grows, on average 5 to 6 percent of the population have got what we can call hearing difficulties. Because they can't hear well, they gradually go out and socialize less often. And when that external stimulation is reduced, then their brain activity reduces. So that also leads to dementia.
3: Over the long term, using a hearing aid to listen to music or watch TV shows can help reduce aging for people with hearing difficulties each year the population of people with hearing issues grows and demand is soaring for devices such as hearing aids and cochlear implants. A child enters the hearing booth and puts on earphones ready to begin their hearing test. The test taker presses a button when they hear a sound. The responses are picked up by this precision instrument and used to select an appropriate hearing aid to meet their needs.
2: We trim the hearing aid based on the ear shape of the test taker's ears and according to their size preferences. In principle, we have what we call the half ear shape, the whole ear shape, and the deep ear shape.
3: Modeling material is used to make a copy of the ear canal, It's sent to a manufacturer to create this tiny hearing aid. The precision technology inside, including a core chip and low-latency Bluetooth functionality, is all made by the Taiwan Hearing Aid National Team.
2: We want to integrate the power of our supply chain in Taiwan, like integrating the power of our seeding providers and semiconductor factories. We're banding together to fight and help our Taiwanese manufacturers get out into the world and be competitive against these big foreign manufacturers. The proportion of our domestic orders has gradually grown to almost 50 percent, and the rest is 30 percent Japan and 20 percent European and American orders.
3: Taiwan's hearing aid manufacturers have big ambitions to expand into the global medical device industry.
1: With the rise of the internet, how we access stories and art has changed enormously. More traditional business models like bookstores struggle to make a profit. For more humble businesses like book rental stores, it's even harder. But many people still hanker after that in-person experience, and some stores are determined to hang on.
0: Today, we meet Jie Yonghua, who owns a Taipei book rental store. Despite not managing to break even, she's dedicated to running the store as a community resource. She organizes lots of events and even stepped up to support customers get vaccines during the pandemic. Customers say that in an increasingly digital world, her store is precious.
2: Push back the yellow shelves to find the manga or novel you want, then sink back in a sofa to lose yourself in the world of the book. This was Taiwan's first chain of DVD and book rental stores. At its height, the chain had 50 locations. But in 2016, the parent company dissolved, leaving just six or seven locations operating. In those days when there was a typhoon, people would either go to PX Mart or to the book rental store and there'd be a line stretching all the way to the door over there. The owner of this store, Xie Yonghua, has been a manga fan since she was a little child. Now in her 30s, she started working part-time in a book rental store while at university. And three years ago, when she heard the store's owner wanted to quit, she couldn't bear to see the store close, so she took it on. The previous owner wanted someone to take over. When I heard the news, I got in contact with them. If nobody had taken it, the store would have been knocked down and sold. I didn't want these books to be sold. Shea was expecting to have to struggle against competition from the Internet, especially online streaming services. But the pandemic was an unexpected challenge. She developed the business by publishing book reviews on Facebook and Instagram, introducing new books to her customers and organizing events like book fairs and film festivals. I come here every other day. Lots of stores have closed down in Taipei, so this place is precious. Some of Xie's older customers come here every day, taking home an armful of martial arts novels each time. Xie affectionately calls these loyal customers her Usha uncles. They're getting older and they've always enjoyed reading. If we disappeared, they wouldn't know where to go to spend time, and they make friends by coming here. During the pandemic, Xie even stepped in to help customers book vaccinations and bought pulse oximeters to help protect her older patrons. So far, the store has not yet managed to break even. It has losses of almost 20,000 NT a month but she is willing to persevere for the sake of the books she's loved all her life.